0: You know, you're older than me. So, you know, you got a little bit of a different frame of reference here. Okay. So, welcome to Carbonite Bounty BS uh, podcast about Disney Plus' The Mandalorian. I'm Scott.
1: Sam. Sam. Ken.
2: Tony.
0: And we got it right. We got it right. We got the order right. We got the process right uh, for the season finale. So thanks everybody. It for only joining took us. us
2: eight episodes. It
0: takes a lot. It takes seven episodes to get everything ready. Uh, so thanks everybody for joining us. Sam, why don't you tell the fair, uh, the fair people where they can find us?
2: All right. Make sure that you first go on NerdCyclopedia.com. That's where you will find out all our links. You'll find out our different articles, our different podcasts. Um, make sure that you are following us on social media at NerdCyclopedia on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, all our social media outlets at NerdCyclopedia. Make sure that you are emailing us at nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. We love to hear, you know, get your feedback and everything on our podcast here. Um, make sure that you are downloading our podcast, listening to it on, on Spotify. Uh, we are now on iHeartRadio, finally. iHeartRadio. Uh, make sure that you're listening to us on, um, you know, different other outlets like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, everywhere that you stitcher, everywhere that you um, listen to your favorite podcasts. We are there.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome! And make sure you check out our other shows here on the Nerd channel. That means Sam and Scott are watching Watchmen, and it also means Nerd Cyclopedia and Erdendum, and nobody cares. The podcast where I spill my guts and nobody nobody listens, uh, gentlemen. We cut this in half for a couple reasons just to give uh, our listeners a little bit of the back uh, backstage. Uh, It was Christmas. It was new year's. I wasn't feeling great. So we decided to push this off after our star Wars review, but we got to that bonus episode last week. So definitely check that out. If you haven't checked it out yet, gentlemen, I almost got a divorce because Uh of how this episode uh, split, how episode seven ended uh, episode seven, which is uh, the reckoning. Um, we are left at the end of this episode, which, which we'll get into in a little more detail, with, uh, you know, Queel has been shot, gunned down, huh. and Baby Yoda is just laying there in the dust.
2: Just laying
0: there, man. And my <laughs> wife literally said, if something happens to this Baby Yoda, we're getting a divorce because you made me watch this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well wow. it's disney
3: plus it's not I know. know <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: nothing's gonna happen to the baby
0: but,
1: no. now, if it
2: was hbo you know then yeah, we might have like you know Trump. some questions you know
0: i was just disney like they, plus, yeah. this is disney like they they know what to do with the golden goose right like they've their steamboat really is still under copyright so disney ain't letting one go away um also i'm just gonna show this off since we're talking about her she got me this rad t-shirt check out this t-shirt everybody
2: Oh yeah, right. Mandel and the child. Yeah, buddy.
0: It's Calvin yeah. and Hobbes style. It yeah, yeah. is awesome. So thank you yeah. very much to awesome, awesome. Uh, the woman who won't divorce me because of how uh Joanne, <laughs> no, thank you uh to John Favreau for saving my marriage. Uh there you go. this duet here, this two parter is, is just full of uh, a return to places we've been. Yeah and, and <laughs> my favorite so we start out here with carl weathers <laughs> grief cargo who says um get me another sparring partner because he's going to kill someone with his, with his right hook uh makes a proffers <laughs> to the mando here uh what did you guys think about this as far as as far as its likelihood of being a trap who's got some has <laughs> got some thoughts about this uh this message we get from carl Weathers? <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, I I love like the Skype,
0: (laughs) the Skype messaging and
2: everything. Um, So it just plays to me like, you know, it's it's like another video game, you know, mission. You know, I got a mission for you. uh, If if you, um, you know, if you do this one last mission, like a Western or whatever, you know, if you do this one last mission, you know, you got a great, you know, bounty ahead. Even every, you, you just got to do this one last thing. And the way Carl uh, Grief talks, uh, just the way he like, you know, he missing it uh, uh, talks himself and everything. It's just, it's just so funny to me because he he speaks out. He doesn't speak to you. He speaks out.
0: So <laughs>
2: the the chances of it being like an ambush is like highly. But ah. you know, we got to just play through the process. So I, I thought it was. I thought it was. I, I love why, when he's on screen now. You know, I just love it when he's on there.
0: <laughs> Ever since it, we could forgive him, I think for uh, for shooting up shooting up uh, the Mando on his way out of Navarro, right? Uh, now that we can forgive him of that, uh, Ken, the there's a a band a getting the band back together piece here. What was your favorite? who's your favorite uh, revisited character that we got to see here?
1: Uh, Queel. Okay. Yeah, because. He's sort of the Obi-Wan mm. character. You know, he's sort of the binding, you know, he uh, I think he I think he brings sort of a, a calmness and a centered. And, you know, when people start to get kind of hey, let's go get him, let's go out. And, you know, he said, no, wait, you got to think about what you're doing first. He's sort of the obviously the sage uh, in the whole situation. I like seeing him don't like what happens, but I did like seeing him come back. He was probably be in. Of course, the the uh, IG droid like to see that too. But I liked Quill coming back. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Awesome, Tony. Did, what did you think? Did you like? Did you like seeing Cara Dune here and a little and a guest shot here?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was exactly getting the band back together. That's a great way of. The- Describing it and it was great. I mean still it's it's hard to be Carl Weathers character. I mean now he's <laughs> mm-hmm. coming back yeah. It's just you know, you're getting to learn more about just you know, the delivery that he does and it's just very believable That's the one thing about it. Of, uh, I really just like his character a lot. He's my friend I also really do. I mean, we don't really talk about his, the IG character mm-hmm. is You know, okay, we got him reprogrammed. Don't worry about it. Nothing's gonna happen. But you got to worry about it. Well, is that true? Is there some programming going on in the back that we don't know about? Mm-hmm. So, those are my two favorite characters that came back. I,
0: uh, I, I thought the IG Eleven was super, super nifty mm. seeing him. Uh, you know, come and one of the things about about a droid like that, when you get a, the glimpse of him in the first episode, you know, uh, it's you know he's gonna do something really awesome. Like they don't bring you don't bring IG Eleven back so that he so he sits on the bench. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like there's this Great Simpsons episode where Marge gets tied into the mafia and the Japanese Yakuza come, uh, comes and they have a fight in the front yard. And H- Homer says, I don't want to go in. There's a little guy sitting over there. He hasn't done anything yet. You know, it's going to be so <laughs> cool.
2: Uh, and they
0: go inside and you hear, ah! You know, uh, he does it. Um, I definitely got that feeling with IG-11. And, you know, there's something about the inhumanness of the robotics, but it's dedication to nursing, which is just touching to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, no. Quill- I just
3: love to be able to reprogram. I mean, I can't even go from like Windows Millennium to Windows Ten. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can reprogram a whole droid. I mean, yeah, he great.
2: just reprogrammed that whole droid and everything, and yep. you know, that, that was that was awesome to see. Quill is he's a, he's a really decent character. I like him.
0: Mm. He's a maker.
2: Nick Nick Nolte, come on, yeah,
1: Mr. Nick Anyone, Nolte. Anyone's talked about Nick Nolte? you got about <laughs> <weathers>. Nick Nolte has <laughs> been around. Forever. I mean yeah, he, yeah. He was in a movie with Eddie Murphy
2: for God's yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. He's a legend. Yeah.
0: yeah. He's a legend for looking he's crazy def- crazy uh, after a, a Sunday drive, Nick Nolte. And he, he looks, looks look- like
1: his character too. He, he looks does. like Quill. Quill looks like Nick Nolte. This, like one hundred percent.
0: There's definitely not a Rick Astley thing where his voice sounds wrong. You know? <laughs> <something> <laughs> yeah. right. uh, which, I, which I appreciate because that weirds me out a little bit. Uh what about quill talks about being a crafter and he makes this he makes a new bassinet for the child um it's it's interesting to me that quill is is seen as a protector like this like he creates not just the the actual physical protection for the child but he creates the the overwatch for the child uh and 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 i think that's such a such a, a great legacy for the character
2: um, well, remember at first he denied he, when when uh, Mando asked him to watch the baby he was like that's not what i do
0: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
2: i'm not you know i don't i don't do that but i'll have you know IG11 you know help me out with this and Mando was just like no i'm don't let that droid anywhere near this baby <laughs> you know and you know Quill was like i'll reprogram He's straight you know but you know Mando was still doubting and everything you blew his but- brain
0: out <laughs> i i had to replace the whole brain you you got it you got the brain
2: so it was great for him to, to accept that, and uh, you know, for Quill to just okay, well, I'll do it so long as I can, you know, do it with the
0: droid. Mm. Uh, super interesting, and and it, and that imbued, you know, the death the death of Quill here, and since you know, obviously spoilers, we're not going through this chronologically, but the death of Quill and the legacy that he get, that kind of lives on at IG Eleven is so is uh, so interesting, and you know, not to jump too far ahead, but man. IG11 delivers on that promise of badassery in mm-hmm. in, in a way that's extremely satisfying, uh, in a way that
1: right to, right to the end, yeah, it
0: delivers like classic Star Wars delivers, and and that's something that in my opinion makes this superior to Rise of Skywalker, because it does that that thing. Uh, it's my only my, my that's the only thing I'm going to say about comparatively because they're different things, really they are. Uh, the Mandalorian is more of a dirt show, you know what I mean? It's a western, and the other's more of an opera. So I feel like that you guys—it's got...
2: a quieter show compared to a whole orchestra, you know. Yeah, like you said, <laughs> there's definitely
0: nobody, nobody shooting lightning out of their fingertips <laughs> in the Mandalorian, you know. Uh, people get run to ground, and you know posse's go riding out. So, uh, <laughs> yes. a totally different situation. Uh, it's
2: crazy that you know this universe has that in it, mm-hmm. um, and it all happens in the same universe. You know, you got one end of it. You're getting um, um, force lightning, you know, coming out of somebody's hands, and on this end of the universe, you know, you it really would be strange to see something like that in this show.
0: And you know, we talked a little bit about this uh during our review, and we we consume all this Star Wars media in real time, so if you're watching everything in order, throw that that uh, Rise of Skywalker review right before here. Um, but we talked a lot about how you know. We talked a lot about how Rise of Skywalker and the Mandalorian were different in tone. And it's a Western versus an opera. And one of my favorite instances of that is this this sort of like... Um, like Every beat of this story you can tell is a Western, right? The healing, the, the healing thing. Oh, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker took the Force healing thing from Mandalorian and applied it to Rise of Skywalker. So I remember we were talking about continuity. And we talked about how Solo had those dice. And we got that in episode 8. And here we have the force healing and we got that in episode nine um, interesting to see how uh, you know the child is able to do this and not die um, apparently that's something that's afforded only to the Yoda species uh, what well, did you- the
2: child the child the child is like real protective too because remember he um, almost choked Kara you know for you know being like real aggressive and everything he was right. like oh hell no <laughs> you know I'm gonna use some of my force and everything to um you know to to he, he could almost, you could know, almost um, almost look at him as a protector of Mando in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, Mando's protecting, you know, the child and everything because he's such a, you know, little child and everything. But whenever there is like, you know, crazy danger, as we will see later, you know, um, in episode eight, the um, the child just steps up and does the, the, the big protection. Yeah.
1: Well, isn't it sort of a life debt situation like Han and Chewbacca? Jar Jar Binks and Qui Gon Jinn. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's the same type right of relationship. They mm-hmm. both there was a there was a there was a debt that needs paid. Sort of. It just it just happens. It's it's the relationship that happens in the galaxy. Just they, how it, how it works.
3: They should have I mean, left him. A
0: lot of in Gungan City. I'm oh, sorry. Charlie, go ahead.
3: No, I was gonna say there is a lot of connection that goes through. Like uh, so many characters are not aware of their Force abilities. You know. It takes a lot of training. It's you know, there's so many times where the child does things and oh, like you know, did I do that or just not really aware? And then sometimes can do amazing things, but it's all about controlling. And then there's an underlying theme of sacrifice that goes through all of Star Wars. Different characters. What I thought was unique was IG Eleven doing the sacrifice. So that was a little bit different. So many characters have gone from Obi Wan from. You know, at the, the very first time to now. So I just like there is, you know, underlying things that interconnect everything together. You just got to really look for it, though. That's all.
2: Underlying theme of sacrifice. That is a, yeah, great, great theme right there.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Quio sacrifice running back with the child, but uh, grief, grief, carga is sort of conversion here. Um, those are my dogs, everybody. You're okay. hearing them. My dogs are excited about something. I'll stop in a second. Uh, so, so Grief cargus sort of turns the corner here and murders his subordinates. <laughs> <laughs> you guys done? You guys
2: done? Yes, yeah, Daddy. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Come here, bud. Come here. Come here. All right, sorry. All right, I'll cut that out. Um, so... No, leave that in.
2: <laughs>
0: so the child, so the child heals uh-huh. grief carga, and it seems like there's a total one eighty here. Um, what did you guys think about that pivotal scene where the child heals grief after the monarch attack?
2: Uh, the child just has that element of like you know, it um, he, he has that element of goodness in it. You know, the child is just a good-hearted, you know, protective. And I think the child sees that element of goodness in grief. So why else wouldn't he? You know, um, um, why else would he not choose to? You know, heal. You know, as we'll see at the end, grief ends up changing his mind um, about the ambush and everything, and um, you know, siding with um, our
0: our heroes. Tony, what do you think about that moment where the child heals grief?
3: um you know it, it was cool um i didn't think that the child would be able to do that much again we've seen a lot of you know ford's ability going like, whoa that's you know i mean he's got a lot more than we ever thought of being able to do that um you know again i'm glad that that episode came before the rise of skywalker so it's kind of maybe a foreshadowing of okay you know this is what can be done and we're going to see this again mm-hmm. And this or that, but I think more of the big one is like, okay, so how powerful is the child? Um, mm. Is this just coming naturally? Was there a teacher? That's the big one. Is like, well, where's this going to go? Are there other questions? There's more we got to learn. So that was the big one I got about It was, well, okay, what does all this mean, and where are we going with all this?
1: Yeah, I I think we're going to see that the child, uh, in in season two, I think we're gonna we're gonna see that this. This creature is far more powerful than we know right now. I think that this is the, he. It it is going to be a key piece in this whole story, and on and we're going to find out about it. And then we're going to think about oh, remember when they when he when they did this and this and this. And I think Mando, or we know his name now, but I won't say. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> this is like it.
0: it's okay to say. It. You can say his name. It's. All
1: Din Djarin, right? It's something like that. I'm going to call him
0: Mando, just because...
1: Yeah. He, he, that's, a
3: way, that's a way cooler
1: name, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? Mando is cooler, but he, Mando Fett, he's been here <laughs> to his, his job from the beginning is to protect this kid. That, there's a, there's a bond, instantly, instant bond between the two of them, and I think both the child and he understand that. And I think that, Carl Weathers in his speech in the beginning is the hologram. He knows what Mando's weak spot is. And he knows how to, how to pull his strings to get him to do whatever he wants to do by talking about that child. Yeah. So I think, I think he's, there's a lot more in store for us as far as that relationship and also what that, what that kid can do.
0: Now that's a very interesting posit here. Uh, I, I will go ahead and venture out that I think that, the child is simply this is sort of what the child's natural talent is in the force because he's just too young to have been trained. I don't think he can talk yet. And I think that's where, you know, mm-hmm. he's not a puppy. Uh, I, I have mm-hmm. I have dogs, so I know about puppies, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that he's probably going to need a little bit more more training. It's it's interesting to see the type of power that he has. I mean, he's doing these things that we see, you know, the force dyads doing. He's doing things that were amazing when we saw the Jedi Master Yoda doing them. When we saw Luke Skywalker doing these tasks, they were amazing. Let's not forget he picked up that mudhorn. I mean, he just lifted it up in the air. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, more, that's more impressive than anything we saw Luke Skywalker do in the original right. trilogy. So, I mean, we're talking about an extremely, extremely powerful, powerful force user for sure in my opinion.
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it'd be really interesting to see how much they deep dive into that background because how does he even know how to do that, mm-hmm. you know, right. um, even before, you know, we meet, you know, um, before he meets up with Mando, you know, how does he even know to do that in, as far as training? Is that just his natural ability? Like, you know, if a child, uh, if, if your child or whatever, you know, all of a sudden just starts singing or starting to play, you know, piano, they actually have an a, a ability to um to that they're able to tap into that not a lot of other other people are able to do. It'll be interesting to see how they
0: develop that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now Ken, um, you know, you've been a big proponent of the relationship between the Mando and the child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see them link together from a, a Mandalorian standpoint officially here. He's given this mandate, and since it's coming up now, we'll talk about it. He's given this mandate to act as a, the father, or find its people. Do you think that? Do you think that there are a people to find for the child, or do you think that he's sort of like the last of his species?
1: That's a good question. I think it's. I think that whole thing, like he's a foundling, right? So, I think that mando is just that whole thing about find his people find where he came from that's just that's just fluff Mm -hmm. i don't think that's part of it at all i don't think that's going to be part of his mission i don't think he's going to do anything about that i think he's now going to take care of this child as his own and that that's it there's not going to be any more going on um the species, as we've talked about in the past, is rare, whatever this is, it's very rare. I, d- I doubt there's a planet of them. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't think that, that that's the case. Um, and I think this, it, it's going to be more of a that he's it. this child is it. There's no more. there was a, there was a yoda, he's gone it was this child and this is it there aren't any more of this especially not as powerful as he is hmm. she is we don't know it could be a girl not <laughs> not really sure nobody but, uh, nobody knows that's nobody right. knows it's a baby we don't need to know if it's a boy or a girl
0: yet let it discover it <laughs> in its own time all right let's move on to, let's move on to the one we all want to talk about and that's the finale yeah i think we're all yeah. super interested so, yeah, so the end of episode seven there sees oh sees, hold, on,
2: hold on yeah 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 yeah, yeah. let's talk about, it. about the end of the um the seventh episode so the end of
0: the seventh episode sees mando and the gang trapped in a canteen right
2: Just yeah trapped. buddy
0: and, <laughs> and where a horsehog is like did you did you bring the a child like he says it like that. <laughs> and as soon as they, they find out the child's out there like Everyone just. No, gonna... no, no, no. he, he said. He said. I don't. I said.
2: I don't want to. Um. I don't want to. I don't want to wake the child. And then he says, <laughs> "What does he say?" He says, "Um, we'll wait while the child is asleep, or something like that. <laughs> something to the effect of, you know, we'll wait. Yeah. You know, we'll, no, we'll be quiet. We'll keep real quiet. <laughs>
0: we'll be very quiet yeah. while the <laughs> child sleeps."
2: And the way, he just delivered that line. It's just hilarious to me.
0: I, I, I thought the double cross here, Gideon, just being like, "This guy's so unimportant to me that I don't like. I'm just gonna waste him right now because it's better for me to just demonstrate my l- ruthlessness to you."
2: <laughs> like that's let's let, let, let's let's talk about the introduction of Moff Gideon. Yes, the way he okay, we see is this the this is the first time we see a Tie Fighter in the show, right? Yeah, uh, yes. Mm. And okay. It,
1: and its wings fold yeah. when it lands. Yes.
2: Damn. So in, a, um, in, in the movies and everything, it seems just normal, but by itself, it just seems like just crazy that this big TIE fighter is just going to land and you know, just the way it just lands and everything like that. Um, it, it was just awesome to see, you know, he pops down, you know, it's about, it's about to be somebody big in that, in that thing. And the way he's just steps on screen with his cape, this is the villain. This mm. is the big bad of the series, as far as I'm concerned, you know. Um, he, his introduction and anytime you get um, Giancarlo into mm. like a role, whether it's his Breaking Bad or you know whatever he plays, he 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 does he does it he does it to the fullest. It was great to see Moff Gideon. It was <laughs> just flex his muscle.
0: Finally, we get to the respectable bad guy that, that we know Mando can't just like kick over, right? Because right. he basically right. he knocks over this imperial outpost like it's nothing, steals the one the, the one thing they wanted, <laughs> just leaves. So we know that the, the, this Imperial is nothing. Uh Gideon comes in. He's John Carlo Esposito. And you know, I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. I know Sam. Yep. Uh I know you are. I know Tony is Ken. Are you are you into Breaking Bad?
1: Not not so much, but this uh that guy was in um Falling Skies. I don't know if anyone watched that. It's been um, so- about aliens coming down, but again he was a an aggressor. He was a he was like a warlord. Um and, uh, same type of character. So he, when I saw him, I was like, uh, oh, this is going to be good. Whatever this guy is.
0: Ken, just cover your ears for just a second? Just cover just earmuffs just for a second. Real quick. My ear? Yeah. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Cause you haven't seen it. I will kill your infant Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think about. Oh, uh, no. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Moff Gideon, uh, looks like he's wearing Mandalorian armor. Is, is what he looks like and i'll switch over to hold on a second no one's in you're not gonna be able to hear anyone but me so nobody else talk until i can bring it back everybody so here he is sure looks like mandalorian armor to me that's my opinion one man's opinion uh but it does look that way uh he
2: sure, is a, he sure knows a lot of history
0: he knows a lot of history and he has something very important to Mandalore, mm-hmm. and of course, the remnant Mandalorians um before we get there, let's talk about this opening scene of episode eight that is this this is like Jason Sudeikis is one of these guys, yeah. right like obviously yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it yeah, Terry Killims yeah. the other one? I think he is because I think he posted something on Twitter I, mean, no, I think
2: it's like Andy Andy Cohen or andy it was Andy something um I don't think it's Terry, but that definitely is Jason Sudeikis.
0: like that voice <laughs> yeah. is so. Like if you're
1: punching the child, that <laughs> the
0: child here. Yoda Punchers Incorporated is Jason Sudeikis. Uh He's the type of guy that can handle that. He he plays the affable a hole. You know what I mean? Like so well, it's like it's like his best thing that he does, and he does it to great effect here. This that whole,
2: whole sequence was weird and funny,
1: funny, super funny. And how about Very, neither yeah. of the scout troopers could shoot straight. Oh my god. What a the great fit. This is the best thing. They could just they're shaking the gun. Like it's wrong. You could not shoot to save their lives.
2: Guys, so. How did how did your wife feel with them punching a punching a bag? Like she was that?
0: not happy about that, guys. I just gotta say this like if you if you want to really like injure my wife, just injure baby Yoda. Because oh, that'll hurt man. her far more than anything you could do to her. Uh, she's oh. she's a fan. And I feel I feel like I, I've accidentally introduced her to uh, to Star Wars. Like, I, and I'll say this: like, you know, Baby Yoda. The reach of Baby Yoda is so is so vast. Like, obviously, we all love Baby Yoda. Like, we're all super positive about this. It's bringing people into the into the the fold. She's legit listening to the Darth Bane Rule of Two book on audiobook right now. So, yeah, that
2: that that's what I found too, that you know, the um baby o- <laughs> the, child, the child the um the, the entrance of or the entry of uh, the, the input of the child into the show is a great gateway to the universe. If you're into if you weren't into Star Wars before, um the Mandalorian is easily digestible and having um the child in the show is a really good great gateway for those who wanna have something simple but not have too much lore or you know, just just have a bunch of different, um, you know, stuff to think about, just to you know focus on that and everything else of you know come to you. Uh, it's a lot of great elements in this show that actually bring you in, you know, that that um surround like the child and everything. So, like I just I just wanted to say it was a really it's a really good gate gateway for those who aren't you know um in the know.
0: So I'm I'm super grateful about that, and it's interesting. You know, we're sitting here, um, you know, one two weeks removed from the premiere of a mainline numer- numerical Star Wars movie. And we're talking about the cultural impact of the TV show, which, which should really tell you everything you need to know about is this show worth watching. Uh, it's, it is. It's excellent. And, and it's so good that it has redefined the fandom in a certain way. I know for me, I prefer this Star Wars. I prefer the gritty, western, dirty, lived-in, ageless Star Wars To what I think we got with, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker, which is just, it was just a lot of pop, popcorn. And, and to me it was, it was a little bit more, I don't know, like, like we talked about in the review last week, there's this idea that anyone can be a hero that's in, uh, that is in, um, Last Jedi, and then I think is in the Mandalorian, that isn't present in, in Rise of Skywalker, right? Uh, and... Who is the Mandalorian after all of this? Who is the Mandalorian? Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. <laughs> no. <laughs> I said he looks like Corey Feldman. Oh my What's God. going on
2: here?
0: <laughs> you know, i watched that, that insane performance of his on the Today Show live. Like, I just happened to be watching that. I've watched the Today Show maybe once in the last five years, and it was that day. It was crazy. You got those angels. Anyway, so he's not a Fett. He's not anyone we've even heard about before from the different cartoons. He's just some guy named Dan. Pretty much like Jin Dan or something like that. Um, so I feel like The Mandalorian is reinforcing that message from The Last Jedi, which is anybody can be a hero and it doesn't matter who you are; it matters what you do, which I like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, yep. So that's what great. I think about that, uh, That y'all. Um, how about IG Eleven just beating uh, just beating the storm the stormtroopers to death uh, and yeah. stealing their bike. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He came in there, you know, he, his mission was to get the baby, you know, protect, and
1: um, the nurse droid. the baby. Oh. <laughs> nurse no, 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 no. He's a nurse droid. I guess he's a nurse droid now. That banter is awesome.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> guess he's a nurse nurse droid, yeah. Uh-huh.
3: He comes riding
0: into town and it's like, you know, you know, you, you can feel you can feel the Doc Hollidayness, you know what I mean? The, the tuberculotic uh gunslinger he doesn't have anything to live for past today because you know tuberculosis used to be universally fatal, uh, and he's gonna do what he's got to do to protect to protect the child, right? He's gonna do what he's got to do to complete his mission. Um, this that that scene that droid combat is so awesome when he's just fly like he's doing this whole thing. Yeah, yeah turning
2: around and right, you know, not turning his whole body well, turning his whole body with his um the the, the I fight the face portion just mm-hmm. staying in one spot. Yeah, it was decent in the first episode. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Super nifty. And then we have the child using his force powers to push the flamethrower back at the stormtrooper. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, that was a highlight. The the big highlight of the episode, you know, um, among um, you know seeing Moff Gideon, <laughs> just anything Moff Gideon was um, you know involved in, he was highlight. It 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 really played off those western tropes of. Okay, we have you um pinned in here and then um you wanna come outside partner, you know what I'm saying? Um uh, with um I'm um, trying to get them um to get them to sundown, you know, in order to make their um decision on what they're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> Are they gonna give up the booty, give up the um give up the um the um, baby Yoda, or, you know, just just you know, just end up dying. So you only have two choices. And I love the way that he put his choice, um, I don't really, he said, I think he said, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to make my decision anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this, this really, it, I, Scott, do you remember what exactly Moff Gideon said? He, he just said it's so cold, too.
0: It was like, you do not concern me, but I'll have my quarry. You have until, you know, you can die or not. Right. Or something like that. Uh, he sets up that, they set up the e web and it, they do it like a, like a Gatling gun. You know, they got to get it all put together and they got to get everything all hooked up. Um, again the western tropes were just rich in this one um super interesting to me so let's talk about the escape here and mando's Mando's shot in the head and i guess you just need to spray some i guess that just needs hairspray in star wars universe uh which is cool you know you'd imagine they have the advanced technology and we see his face and we have this interesting almost like you know matrix-esque philosophical discussion where ig11 says i'm not even a living thing and it's so interesting like i felt an emotion here for ig11 from this point on like mm-hmm. it seemed like he had a sense of humor and, and thus an animus about him um which i'm gonna go ahead and chalk up to how awesome quill is quill just that good of a crafter and <laughs> yeah
2: we well the thing. good the the, the the tee up of that was the his relationship with um Kara. Mm-hmm. We see them developing a tighter relationship, you know, him and um her and um Mando, Mando and her and everything. So um but he would not take the mask off for it. He just would not do that. Mm-hmm. Um then, you know, they leave and everything, and then he um ends up taking it off for the droid because technically, technically. you know, the droid isn't alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good junk.
2: Uh I really appreciate. and 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 apparently he shaves every time he um because he he was a little clean shaven down there, right? <laughs> like okay, he's a little neat, you, you know, up off, under that mask and everything. If you
0: take <laughs> off a Star Wars guy's mask, they are just pasty and doughy, and every single time, every single time, Darth Vader's mask—what did he look like under there? He looked like the, like you know he looked like a bunch of sugar sugar cookie dough. Uh, <laughs> same thing to a lesser extent with with Ben Solo, uh, just because he was younger. Less time, less time. But I think you it's a weird thing where you take off the mask and there's this, like, you know, pale, pasty guy. He's like, ah. Uh, do, gonna... do,
2: do, do you guys think it was necessary for that mask to be taken off? Like, was, was that nec- was that a good plot point or a good emotional take for him to have his mask off, Um, you know, during that portion of the episode? What, what, what do you think about that?
3: I think they could have done it at a better time. I think it was a little bit early, <laughs> even though he had some, the finale – but right. I think they could have done it in a much, much later season. Um, I see the reason why they did it. And to be honest, that's about the only thing. It's true, every time we take a mask off, it's kind of shocking. And this was in a weird way, because I, mean, I really thought, it's Corey Feldman. It really <laughs> is. Um, I was actually, for the first one, kind of a little bit disappointed. Because of looking for something, like there's no scar, there's nothing. It's nothing. just Corey Feldman, right. and that's all it is. Right. And right. I just think they could have been done it in a more dramatic fashion. So,
1: eh. what do you what do you think about that, Ken? Uh, I think they I, I think it was put in the right place based on the fa- like like Tony said, based on the fact of what what needed to be done, but also I think it was important that we see the IG droid as as that nurse droid as wanting to help. And we all know that Mando doesn't like droids. So mm-hmm. here's the ultimate Lay yourself out. Good point. Good Ultimate. Point. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the right word, but you, you know, you're really leaving yourself open. You're opening up your chest. You're taking off your Vulnerably. armor. Vulnerability. that That's a good word. Vulnerability. <laughs> so it's it's really developing his character and the droid's character for the limited amount of time that it has left. But just it really puts a, it. But it's a moment. It's one of those things. It's just a moment. They decided to plug it in there, and you know, I. I, I I think it. I think it was in a good spot. Uh, I, th-
0: I for me the the helmet thing here <clears throat> is this is the episode where we find out who the Mandalorian is not not literally mm-hmm. which we do we find out his name which seems almost irrelevant which I think is excellent an excellent sort of way to do that but we find out he's his clan because he gets his signet here mm. we see his face and we find out that he's. You know, true to the Mandalorian code, which means he is going to protect the child. It's almost as if until the child came into his protection, he didn't even exist. He was a faceless warrior. And now that he has this relationship with the child that I know Ken is so very fond of, you know, he's going to be himself. He's turned into the, the patriarch of a clan. He's not just a faceless killer. And so it'll be interesting to see if that how, what that does to change his character. Um, as we all remember from the very first episode, a little bit ruthless back then.
2: Well, it's, so, it's sort of analog to how Finn came to be, you know, um, more than just a faceless Stormtrooper, right? Yes. You know, if we're talking about themes and, um, you know, tropes or, you know, whatever, and in Star Wars. You know, we finally see a um, Stormtrooper who was more than just a Stormtrooper. You know, we get a um, Mandalorian here who was more than just... You know the, um, you know, his code and creed and everything. Um, he still has that, but you know, with the relationship with the child, we we actually get a whole character, you know, that can be um, that we can empathize with and you know fill on like you know all these episodes. So it was, it was really great to see. And I think the the um, thing Tony was talking about, I, I also believe that it could have been done at a different time. But now that we're talking about it, um, it may be a setup. To a later time where he shows his face to to um to um to all the other characters, we as an audience, I guess, needed to see it now. But the characters in the show may may not end up be, being able to see his face till maybe like you know season three or you know a couple seasons down the line. But maybe it was important for us to see his face right now, is is what I'm um, maybe gathering because he's still sticking by his code. Everything is still there, you know, as far as his code and everything. But it's going to come to a point, maybe it's a relationship with him and Kara or maybe some other, you know, um, character down the line where it's going to be very important that he shows his face to that character in order for him to to graduate or develop or um, mature from, you know, uh, I guess, beyond his code.
0: And to prove that he's him. I mean, his identity <laughs> could be important later on. We're beyond the Mandalorian. Um, you know, we, we get this... We get this sort of like this Tie Fighter attack scene, and the armor gives the Mandalorian his signet and gives the Mandalorian his jetpack, which, as we all know, mm. is they fly now. That's a, the the stakes have been raised, um, <laughs> and so they fly now. And then we get this just amazing scene where we've seen how a Jedi takes care of a Tie Fighter at low altitude. Now we find out how a Mandalorian does the same thing. Uh, and I thought that that parallel was intentional and awesome. In my opinion. What did you guys think about that? The the two scenes?
3: Well, I mean, it's always cool. I mean, just the, just the whole seeing the timeline was, was awesome. I mean, just, you know, the, the way it was done, that was, you know, I do see the parallel. I didn't realize until you mentioned it. So that was cool. But I just think just the, I mean, just seeing it, you know, um, where is this going again? How did Moff Gideon get the, you know, the armor that looks? I and mean, there's a lot more. too. bunch of kids we're going to talk about in a little bit, but um, the parallel. That's probably the biggest one that I you know, just opened my eyes right now. That was kind of cool of showing that, you know, the difference between Wright Skywalker and this. You know, like how would a Mandalorian do it? So that was really cool. I thought it was just a great scene all
0: uh, I, I'm, I'm a super big fan of, of those sorts of things when they do the sort of the, the art folds on top of itself. Cause I'm a nerd like that. It's one of the reasons we <laughs> call the channel nerd cyclopedia. Uh, it's just a nerd. We're just nerds here. Uh, let's talk about the thing we all want to talk about, which is the, sort. it's almost like Coda scene at the end here because we find that Mando and the child are going to leave. Uh, grief and care are going to stay and reestablish the bounty hunters <laughs> guild and run Novaro. <laughs> And Moff Gideon has crashed. He's being descended on by scavengers. And all of a sudden, he yeah. Everybody's Everybody has their everybody does their, their impression of this. You know, uh, cuts his way out of the TIE fighter wreckage with a lightsaber that is not just a lightsaber, it is the darksaber. Dark. Now, right. who once but who wants to go ahead and fill us in on the the little bit on the Darksaber? Which one of you guys wants to do that?
3: Well, I know a little bit and it's kinda sad that it was introduced in Star Wars Routes. Okay. That you know, that's where it was introduced, so that's a good series, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if I would recommend it or not to get the backstory of it. Ooh. But apparently, like, it's this big Mandalorian.
1: <laughs> Ooh. he just weapon. said, he
0: just said, your podcast <laughs> segment sucks. Is what he just yeah. said to me. I
3: <laughs> <laughs> was talking about Star Wars Rebels. I was like, but anyway. But it's very Mandalorian. I don't even know if it's their version of a lightsaber. All right, Um,
0: my uh, my wife looked this up, guys. So I know. See, she she told me all. So she told me all about this. So, so credit to my wife. Uh, She did. She did. Because I didn't. I don't watch those.
2: Thank thank you, baby Yoda, child.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You did this. Uh, So I didn't watch those cartoons because uh, I'm. I'm,
2: Oh, apparently you didn't either, huh? Yeah, I
0: don't watch these cartoons. So I I did watch the one episode though. So apparently there has been uh, one Mandalorian Jedi ever, ever. And this Mandalorian Jedi created the Darksaber when they made their lightsaber. And the Darksaber is a lightsaber that doesn't have any light. Hence the name. Easy to figure out. Uh, It was hidden in the Jedi Temple for thousands of years. And then the Darksaber was busted out by a group calling themselves the Death Squad, who uses Mandalorian armor similar to what we're seeing from the Coven here and from Mando. Alright, so similar stuff. So they have the Darksaber, and it's seen as a, a symbol of the leadership of Mandalore because of its importance historically as an artifact. So Moff Gideon having the Darksaber indicates his uh, that he is the person who controls Mandalore. So uh, that Mandalore okay. is within his territory as the Moff.
3: Okay.
0: So mm. super interesting... And obviously they mean to make this the story next year is about this, this dark saber and about Mandalorian's uh, relationship with Moff Gideon and Mandalore itself.
2: So that's the reason why he has on some of their um, or we think that he has on some of their armor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, so it all could be. So, so apparently the, the, uh, I read a little bit too. Um, The lightsaber hasn't been seen for like a while. So, um, it's been a number of years. It was it was buried or something, and it's been a number of years before it got um, you know, unearthed again. Before it, so we don't know what happened between the time it got buried to the mm-hmm. time of what happened or how Mouth getting how he got it. Mm-hmm. right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we know that Darth Maul had it at a certain point. It was he used to fight Obi Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars. So uh, lots of different ways to go with that, you know, Mandalorian remnant. And what what that dark saber is going to mean to him, right? What is this going to be significant for him? Uh, lots of different, really excellent places for them to go in um, in season two. Uh, you know, we said this. I said this about the Prison Break episode is that's the episode that tells me this show could run forever. Um, it can. That, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. with Bacta, apparently Mando's immortal, and <laughs> the kid's already going to live for the next thousand years. So there's a thousand well, years worth of stories on this kid who's force sensitive so probably won't die. Because, you know, force-sensitive people are hard to kill.
2: Uh, it's just a,
0: <laughs> Not impossible, according to Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, I'm super excited to see where they go next. And 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 for me to be this focused on this show in this sort of proximity to a mainline Star Wars movie is a real feat. And so, for me, I hope they give John Favreau the keys and say, just do it. Just handle it for a while. That's what I want to see. Um... You know the same way we saw Kevin Feige get it for Marvel. I'm I'm inclined, and to
2: have John Favreau take a take over just to give the the um you know the the IP some direction. Um, you don't necessarily have to tie everything into one thing, but to have a um clear sense of. It, it was just some about the Mandalorian, even though it had like eight episodes to tell its story and to um build its characters and everything. Where a movie. Only has so much, and with unfortunately with movies, you only have so much time to do it. Um, yeah. Star Wars had uh, it's been what four or four, five years, <clears throat> so we got like the Force Awakens, we got uh, when did Force Awakens come out? 2015 um, 15, yeah. yeah, okay, so it's now 2019, four years, so it came out in 2019, so um. And into two thousand fifteen fourteen, it may have came out. So we have five years of three movies. So you only have so much time to develop characters within that period, and you have long periods of time in between movies to to keep that going. Whereas this show had the benefit of having eight straight weeks of, you know, character development and a smaller scale story to tell. So um it's it's either it's an apples and oranges type you know type of thing you know either like this or you like that you can still like both if you like fruit you know (laughs) um but um um i i will i would say for myself i love this Mm. you know more than the main the main line thing you know I, i love this smaller scale um you was alluding earlier um you know, to the Western type grittiness and everything it sort of reminded me of um, Rogue One in the beginning um, <laughs> yeah. of a more mature, you know, type of st- Star Wars storytelling, which I gravitate to versus what we what we've got, what we receive with like, um, you know, the Ray Finn um, pole, you know, um, um, thing, you know, in the mainline stuff.
0: So I want to stop here. Not, not not, to stop everything, but I want to stop the comparison talk right now just to, to, to sort of delineate, because I think we were the two people who were the most, I don't want to say negative about uh, Rise of Skywalker, but the least positive is maybe the way to put it. That's fair. Um, Tony and Ken. Now, Tony, you gave Rise of Skywalker a nine. And, Ken, you yeah. very famously said that it's a perfect movie. And I, and I, and I, and I made a good, ar- good defense of that. I'm not knocking you or anything. Um, I want to hear from you guys. So, so Tony, first... Tell me, where? how do you feel about The Mandalorian in relationship to how you feel about Rise of Skywalker?
3: I like it just as much. Um, it is kind of two different things, though, because it's true. Like a movie, you have two, two and a half hours to... And that was probably the only reason I would give... You know, Rise Skywalker not a perfect end. I mean, it always seemed like it was trying to cram so much in. There's
0: no need to quibble. You know, I I just I'm just saying, but
3: you know, in this one, no, I really, I really do enjoy it. Um, You know, I'm looking to see where it's going to go. I could also see how it could start to really fail. They could really mess it up really bad, which I'm hoping that they don't do. Yeah. But no, I really, really do enjoy it. I just. Like the fact that, and again, not to compare to the other ones, but just threading it all together is you don't want this to be just so different that what does this have to do with everything that we've known for the past 44, you know, 42 years, there's always connections. I like the fact that there's always very few characters. I can only think of maybe Palpatine. Almost everyone is at light and dark. Almost everyone. Like the Carl Weathers character, mm-hmm going through redemption, yeah. forgiveness, yeah. You know, yeah. coming back. You know, there's very, very little just concrete, like, okay, this is the ultimate good guy, this is the ultimate bad guy. But there's always little things here and there of how everything weeds. Now bring the droid into it of, you know, IG-11 of, okay, this is an assassin droid, but I could be reprogrammed. Do we trust it? Does it prove itself? So, I mean, I, I really do enjoy it. I just think it's very, very different than everything else, but I'm enjoying
0: it as a story into itself a lot. Ken, how about you? You you have a a, a vision of perfection. That vision of perfection <laughs> was Rise of Skywalker. Tell me tell me about what you feel about the Mandalorian in, in that context.
1: Okay, I'm going to build on what Tony was just talking about at the end there. Perfect. So, here's what I enjoy about both Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian. I I appreciate that the the folks that wrote worked on acted in are are keeping true and and they are all fans of the of the of the original stories and the, the feel and the uh, just the the way the the characters relate to each other the, the 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 four you know the four characters we had that with finn and ray and uh, Chewbacca, you know, the, the, and the droids, you know, they're, they're a character. We have that same camaraderie in The Mandalorian. I think that, I feel like they're doing this story justice. They're not messing with it and they're keeping with the way the story was. The conflict, good and evil. Everybody has the opportunity to to exist in both worlds. And they have to be convinced to go one way or the other. Like. Um, like Tony said, the droid, well, started out bad. Now it's good, maybe. But it now it can make a decision almost. It has a personality, so it can decide what it wants to do. Mm. Uh, I think that's important, too, because all these characters are so so human, they can make decisions. <laughs> they can either be looking out for themselves or look look at the mission, You know, like the, the video game piece. Like, what was the mission? What were we doing? Are we going to stay on that task, or are we going to do what we want to do? But... Everything about Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker just feels right to me. The original feel of what Star Wars was. I think the Phantom Menace and Clone Wars uh, got away from it. I think Force Awakens and The Last Jedi sort of also got away from the original vibe that the the, the, the story was. But I think it all came back with the Rise of Skywalker. And I think Mandalorian also just keeps it, it keep it real. They just keep it real. And, you know, that's how I feel.
0: You know, to echo something that Sam said, uh, Sam said were, you said you were drawn to the more adults theme, like the, the more grown-up style Star Wars. And, and that's something I agree with. One thing I'll say about The Mandalorian is that it, it, it feels like everybody's – the things everybody does make sense. You know, the way everybody acts. Even what grief does, trying to turn the child back in. Everybody's got their own right interests. And and for me, you know, I love the grittiness. I love the cantina. I love the bounty hunters. If if it's me, and you told me I could have either another movie on the scale of Star Wars Episode Nine, or another season of this, I might pick this.
2: That's something to say, because even though you know we may like it you know as um you know a, a more of a adult mature affair that doesn't necessarily mean like it's better i just uh, find it amazing that um that this how happens in the same universe mm-hmm. you know it's 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 like it's like okay you can have us over here um you know talking about this and then you know in a daycare some somewhere you're going to have like a clown just like you know Dancing back and forth and everything, entertaining kids and everything. It's still all happening in the same universe, but we're we're more adults and stuff, Mm -hmm. and they're kids. But it's still happening in the same universe, different tones, but still the same. It's still, you know, both um the the series and the the show um um the show and the main the main um um, movies are still delving on themes that are happening in the same universe. So I love that about that. Um. It's interesting to me about the whole dark thing. It hasn't been touched on in the main in the main movies and stuff, or it might. But it might end up playing its part in in the future. What concerns me a little bit is all the fill in the gap stuff mm-hmm. that we're getting right now. I'm really interested to see. Um, just talking a little bit about you know how the future of Star Wars movies are going to go, how how that's going to develop after. So um, I'm really excited about season two. Of the Mandalorian because it's just so many it's just so much stuff I don't know about that you know like your wife that I'm just getting to now know and actually delving into I watched a couple of those on um, Rebels episodes just to get just to get my fill of you know this dark saber thing you know how did that all come about and why is it there and you know what does it do I mean that's that's a really great um um McGuffin right there mm-hmm. you know <laughs> um. <laughs> So we, 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 uh, it's just a one, one of those things we'll, we, we'll see, you know, um, like Carl Weather says, you know, can, 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 um, you know, make, make the baby shall do the, the magic baby hand. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love that. I, I want more. I love, I want more grief. I want mm-hmm. more care. I love watching her, you know, she, she brightens up the scene every time she's on, you know, um, I, 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 the whole getting the band back, get back together, and everything. I wish IG Eleven didn't die because it would be a really great way for them to team everybody up again to just have them go on some more missions together. But I understand it's you know people got to come and go. You know, um, he left um, um, grief and Kara on the planet to 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 go take you know um, the child and still protect it in other places. So. He's going to end up meeting other people, so this is exploration in uh, other facets of the universe that we still don't even know about yet, and or that's going to be touched upon. Um, that you know, that that you know, like Kara, like like uh, like Tony and Ken, they're going to be like, ah, oh, that's where they got it from. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. They're still bringing some stuff in for maybe the extended universe, you know, that we thought was no longer canon, but they're still, um, they're still. Making like you know the old guard and everything you know, just I guess new again mm-hmm. <laughs> or just you know acknowledging that
0: it's 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 really something else, and it seems like they're going in directions that I want to see more of for sure. I'm excited for a season two, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it say it right now, uh Sam, you and I make all of the programming decisions on this channel. I'm gonna go ahead and pull the trigger and renew carbonite bounty b s all right, season. Yeah,
2: buddy. we got renewed just like that. <laughs> we got the
0: ratings we needed. We yeah. did. We got everything we needed out of the season. Um, just,
2: just, just like that. Well, a quick, quick question. Where do you guys want it to go? I mean, where do you guys see it um, going? Or uh, what are things? I think you touched on a little bit, Tony, some things that you're excited to see in season two. But is there anything else in particular that you may want to see? You know? Well, I'll just
3: do I mean, if we want to say like a little thing. We can be completely wrong about all this, but mm-hmm. – everything's gotta tie back to the original. I mean, I've been saying like, this is very different, but everything that real, like I love going back to Tatooine. I love the cantina scene. Anything to remind me of, you know, what made me fall in love with it to begin with. You can't get that far away from it. Personally, I'm thinking that, and I could be completely wrong, but I could just see that the child, they want the midichlorians. Is everything that we're seeing, everything about all the cloning, well, I know that you know there's been clones since the Clone Wars, but I'm just thinking that has something to do with it of all like episodes seven, eight, nine. I think it's going somewhere. Um, I think it's inevitable that we're gonna see a Mando, Moth Gideon, duel. It's I mean they'd be stupid not to do it. Yeah. When they're gonna do it, but eventually it's gotta come to per you know, eventually the two heavyweights gotta meet. <laughs> so when and if and how, that's what I think is gonna happen. Um you don't know we shall see. Like you so said, there's so many ways they could go with it, but we shall
1: see what's going to happen. I'm looking forward to it. Are we going to see Boba Fett? Yeah, that's that's what I was just going to say. Mm. I really, really, and they keep, I don't know if it's intentional Easy. or what, they keep alluding to maybe he he's coming. I mean, I, we still don't know who walked up on, uh, uh, what's her name, in uh, episode six, six? the, uh, the yeah. assassin. Mm. Okay, Still don't know who that was. I still think that was Boba Fett. Uh, We don't know who. We don't know who that was. But they're going to bring him in somehow, and he's going to be a a mentor to Mando. And I think there's going to be that big uh, battle between Gideon and Mando, and I think Boba Fett's going to be involved in there. I also want to see him hook back up with the Mandalores, the army. I want to see more of that. And I think the child is going to be a Some sort of a a cat. uh, uh, It's going to play a part in that. Mando getting back to his heritage. I think the child is going to be a part of that somehow. His identity. Getting back to that. Um, and and, and, Like a video game. They're going to have all these different missions and all these different things they're going to do. And I think we're going to be just as blown away with season two as we were with with this season. I can't wait.
0: How about you, Sam? Where do you think they're going to go?
1: Oh, I don't know. I just I,
2: I'm I'm along for the ride. You know, I can't I want to see more Moff Gideon. Um, I, I'm I'm just expecting a lot of, you know, background with him. Um, everything that he alludes to as far as his knowledge of, you know, uh, the Mandalorians and everything. I'm excited to see, you know, what the um, what the background developments of that. Um, and just to just to see him just, um, perform moff <laughs> 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 getting he's, he's, a performer out there, you know? Um, so it, it's, it's, it's just going to be an exciting season too. I'm, I, I'm here for it. Can't wait.
0: Uh, for me, if, if they're going to make a season of this every year for the next 10 years or so, they can take their time getting to the big stuff. Uh, I, I've, I can see more, uh, bounties of the week or, you know, uh, more heists of the week. And I think that could be interesting. So I think that it's got legs and I'm excited to see where they go from here. Um, I plead Lucasfilm, Disney do not hurt baby Yoda. Yeah. I, I just don't want to have to get a divorce over baby yoga getting, getting hurt. So if anything you can do for me on that, I, I, I,
2: I hope they don't use Baby Yoda as a crutch, or you know, the child as a crutch, um, to 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 keep viewers in and everything. Because you, you don't really he need the the child in every episode, mm. you know. And I don't think they necessarily have to use the child as like the a ratings thing. Okay, well, if he's not in there, we're not going to get people to watch. Because there's a lot of interesting things going on that doesn't even have to do with the child. So there's that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not saying they want to overuse him, but. I just like the idea that, you know, there's places to go in this universe. As we talked about, it's a huge sandbox. And oh, right. it seems like, you know, they got Bill Burr into this season. You know, you know they got uh, – that's crazy. They got, you know, Richard Ioddale in this season. They got um, Tiki Owati in this season, right? They got everybody in this season. So uh, they, they can do whatever they want, and I hope they do, and I hope it's – Ten years from now, we're talking about the finale where they finally, you know, the child removes his mask. You know, maybe that's what we're talking about at the end here. <laughs> so I want to see a a Mandalorian Yoda. That's what I want to see. If I see nothing, you guys hear nice. that um,
2: they're going to have like Luke and Leia in
1: um, the Obi Wan series. <gasps> oh yeah. You hear that? Yeah, Obi Wan. That's in. That's in production.
0: Yeah, I believe yeah. it is. Yep. Yeah. So. News Network bringing it to you here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ding 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 ding. Young ding, ding.
2: young young. So ding, ding. so they might allude to just you know some stuff that we've seen in Rise of Skywalker mm. and bring it all back to that. So that would be some some good stuff coming up on Disney Plus.
0: I, I think that Disney's probably turned to Turner because now that they've sort of handled what they had to handle, they've got everybody's interests. I I think the sky's the limit for him here and and. You know, I I for one welcome our new mouse overlords. Uh, so that's it. That's that's Carbonite Bounty BS season one. Um, you know, huge thank you to everybody who's subscribed, everybody who's watched, everybody who's listened. Thank you so much. You're obviously what makes the show go. Um, you know, to to Ken and Tony. You know, you finished your first season here on Nerd Encyclopedia. Uh, yes. You know, you're really a full time. Member of the nerd cycle family, which means I can order you to do stuff, which is hey, terrifying. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, you know, to my wife who's helped with research on this show that I don't yeah. think she thought she would have been been doing when we started. And and, and nursing and know, nursing, nursing me back, back to, to, to help.
1: health, nursing baby Yoda, uh, nursing baby, Yoda. <laughs>
0: poor baby Scott who's far whinier than baby Yoda. You know, and I don't have the, that computer we... <laughs> virus out of yeah. here. You know, <laughs> get that out of here. And of course, Sam, uh, you know, as always, thanks so much for getting the band together when we need it and, uh, you know, supporting us when we need it and kicking me in the butt and making me to actually do the shows. So,
2: uh, so yeah, stay tuned so to the channel because we'll still be coming up with some more Star Wars stuff, you know? Um, So just make sure you stay in tune to Nerd encyclopedia. We will be back with more content, to uh, you know, uh, sat- satiate your needs and stuff.
0: And, you know, keep your eyes on the website for sure. Uh, our second, our fiction content section is going to be hopping um you know we got some stuff coming down the pipeline for you there so keep your eyes peeled i'm gonna try to get an excerpt up asap of our uh of my bad superhero novel so we'll get that we'll get that up that's the working title uh bad superhero novel so we'll get that up for you and as always you know uh subscribe where you find us anything you give us likes comments um reviews appreciated uh as always i reserve the right to give the business to any and all listeners yeah, buddy. There you go. And that's that. So, without further ado, Alrighty. we'll kick it over. Uh, anybody have any any final final thoughts? Anything you want to say at the end of here?
3: Season two. See what happens. That's Let's okay. do
0: it. We'll see you all. All right, everybody. So this is Carbonite Bounty BS, a Mandalorian podcast, signing off. And uh, hey, we'll see you sometime fall twenty twenty. All right. All right. Ah. Carbonite Bounty BS is a production of Nerd Cyclopedia Transcontinental Podcasts.
3: Nerd